Bell Hooks, now among the ancestors, wrote, to be truly visionary, we have to root our imagination in our concrete reality while simultaneously imagining possibilities beyond that reality, both rooted in this concrete reality and imagining beyond. If we were to just imagine things way beyond our reality without seeing where we are, we can't get to that distant place. It's all just a fiction. And if we can only see where we are right now, there's nowhere new where we could hope to go. Being visionary means we have to be able to do both. I wrote you all a letter last week to share my vision with you, and the search committee has suggested that I also preach on this vision today. I hope you will all join the Zoom after this sermon, after the service of worship, so we can have a conversation, because I want so much to hear from all of you. It works out pretty well, I think, that the scriptures that we have for today include from the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus reads from the prophet Isaiah and gives his purpose, mission, and vision statement for the community in Nazareth. And then, as a letter, what we just heard as a children's message, the Apostle Paul describing what it means to be a member of the church, one member of the body of Christ, and envisions all of us living and working and serving together. Let's listen again for the word of God, and may God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. From the Gospel of Luke. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Then the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then he said to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And then from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, I will just reread a portion of it. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but many. God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 
it seems so fitting that these are the same passages that I preached on when we celebrated our 25th anniversary of being open and affirming exactly three years ago. Did you know that in the lectionary we're on a three-year cycle, so every three years we hear the same passages again, which makes this our 28th anniversary of being open and affirming. So happy anniversary, church. I was having deja vu while I was reading these scriptures, feeling like, didn't I just preach on this? Because time is passing so strangely in these days. But these, this is what I said to you at the end of that sermon. I said, these are sacred stories. The story of Jesus preaching one of his first sermons, telling the people of Nazareth his purpose statement. The story of Paul encouraging the newborn church to value one another to stick together through diversity, to welcome difference as not only necessary but holy. The stories of First Church being open and affirming. But did you notice who the main character is throughout all these stories? The common thread is the Holy Spirit. You cannot see the Holy Spirit, but you can see what she is up to when people follow her lead. And Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit when he took the scroll and read that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. The Spirit is what knits us all together in one body. It is the Spirit that allowed us to be, again, a new and very old incarnation as the body of Christ, valuing our differences as being God-given. That same Spirit then and now And she's not done with us. She continues to challenge, to correct and encourage, to inspire. And as we have done in the past, may we continue to be spirit-led people today and tomorrow. Communities all have origin stories. The briefest version of ours is that this place was called Unkaway and was inhabited by the Pequannock and Pagusset peoples for untold centuries before Puritan settlers, our spiritual ancestors, arrived, wanting to practice their religion freely. The church was burned to the ground again and again, most notably by the British Army for being a hotbed of independence during the Revolutionary War, along with most of the town. And each time we rebuilt stronger and we still stand in the same place at the center of town. Our origin story is that we rise from the ashes. Our our origin story is that we are the meeting house. Our origin story is that we grow stronger. And our open and affirming statement is another landmark moment for the church. We are the church that says you are welcome here and we really, really mean it. We are the church that again and again turns to these words of Jesus as our plumb line to see if our mission is on the right track. Are we bringing good news? Are we proclaiming release and healing and freedom and jubilee? This is what I believe. We encounter the risen Christ when we do all of these things. I would say that our identity, where we are here and now, who we are is clear and true, and it is fixed on Jesus's mission. In my letter, I told you that I want 
people out in the community and here within First Church to point to this building and to point to all of us and say, my life has been transformed in this place and through these people. And I want for all of us who call First Church our spiritual home to be able to claim this truth, that this is a real encounter with the risen Christ, that we meet Christ here and in the work that we are doing. We say that we are the church that says yes. And I want us also to dwell more deeply into the why. I want us to be the church that knows why. The why, why we serve, why we welcome people in, why we long for more people to know about what we're doing here and to become a part of this mission and ministry is Christ. It is because we are in a relationship with the risen Christ and it touches our own lives and transforms us. And then the community is transformed through that love as we work for justice and then peace. I think we are really, really great at doing. We get so much done. We serve in so many practical and tangible ways. And I want us to continue doing all of that while being more comfortable with the being, being disciples of Christ the knowing that that is our true calling and our mission. My vision and my prayer is that like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we will encounter the risen Christ. I have asked you to consider calling me to be your next senior pastor. I love to serve this congregation. I am committed to our relationships with one another and to our community partners. I love to preach and to teach, administer the sacraments, provide pastoral care, and represent you all in the wider community. I know that we have challenges ahead of us and big decisions to make. I know that we are up to facing any challenges that come our way. But I will acknowledge that it puts you and me in a vulnerable position. If you notice back in our opening prayer, We talked about God's wisdom in becoming vulnerable. Brene Brown is the expert on vulnerability and authentic relationships, and she says that feeling vulnerable means that you are capable of being wounded. In her book, Daring Greatly, she teaches that this is not the same thing as weakness. It is its own kind of strength. And she calls being willing to sit in this place of vulnerability as, and handling it gracefully as being wholehearted. The opposite of vulnerable is not strong. It is wholehearted. Layla Saad, whose course, Me and White Supremacy, I know has been so transformative for many of you, and we've, so many of you have taken it together. Three different courses? It's been really powerful work. She says, It takes courage to say, This is me. This is who I am. This is what I think. This is what I want. This is how and why I want it. This is what me living as my most authentic self looks like. 
This is the work of being wholehearted. And this is the work that the church has ahead of us. To say, this is who we are and this is what we believe. Jesus was vulnerable when he returned to his hometown. But he showed up and he said to people, this is who I am. This is why I am here. This is what I am about to get up to. Come and follow me. This is a good time for us to work on being our best wholehearted selves as a congregation. We wear our heart on our sleeve. We stand up in all our vulnerable, awkward truth of who we are and how we plan to stay tied to the mission of Christ in the meantime as we face the challenges ahead of us. The good news is that we know exactly who we are and whose we are. We are authentic and honest about what we believe and how we want to show up for the people in our community and for each other. Our identity is fixed because it is fixed on God. And I want to close with reading to you the words of our covenant, which are all about moving forward. Our vision is encoded into this passage. We are united in striving to know the will of God as taught in holy scripture and in life, and in our purpose to walk in the ways of the Lord made known or to be made known to us. We hold it to be the mission of the Church of Christ to proclaim the gospel in word and deed, exalting in the worship of God, laboring for the progress of knowledge, the promotion of justice, and the reign of peace, depending upon the continued guidance of the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth, we work and pray for the transformation of the world into the kingdom of God, and we look with faith for the triumph of righteousness and the life everlasting. Thanks be to God.